now that we're here on episode four for the Bad Batch season, I'm really wondering what your thoughts are about the direction and the nature of the show's trajectory. Mm -hmm. I think we've had some of the best episodes and one of the worst episodes so far in this in this in these four episodes i'm wondering if we're on the same page or not <laughs> i mean we probably are <laughs> let's be honest like we're we're so we have such a similar taste in most things so um but now now i'm scared <laughs> so um yeah, it's it's very it's a very interesting group of episodes here. I'm really glad that we didn't like cut through an arc, like a mini arc. Honestly, because we cut the season up somewhat blindly, I'm very surprised we didn't. Yeah. Oh, so lucky us, and it won't happen because the next week is just going to be the last three episodes. So we Yay killed us. it. Look at us. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like all these, I mean, Omega obviously her her place in in the Bad Batch, it has has been under some scrutiny, like in in this in this batch of episodes, which I thought was very interesting. And of all people, to kind of maybe discover her, like one of her traits was Sid, who we also got a surprisingly, like surprisingly a lot of. Maybe a little bit too much for my taste. A lot a bit too much, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so ju just, I'm just going to say it, that last episode I didn't care for at all. Oh, it was a train wreck. I actually couldn't <laughs> get through that episode. I started yeah. it, stopped it, and started it three times, I think. I did not... Well, the first few episodes, and most episodes of things like The Bad Batch kind of captivate me as I watch that yeah. one. Ooh. That was a slog for sure. And also, like, at the end, I went to look up, like, who is that guy? Maybe, like, the half-horn guy, the guy who got his horn cut off at yeah. the end. Spoiler alert. Like, maybe he is some famous boss that we've seen in the background or something interesting. Nope. Just no. a random guy. It's if anything, his mom ridiculous. is. But yeah. Like from what They're clearly said, right? foreshadowing something. Yep. For sure. Like, he's going to make a return at some point. Ugh. But, uh. Uh, I I really like the Ryloth part, and you probably too because I love know you love Ryloth, and I knew you were gonna say that. You know my love for Ryloth. Yeah, oh. <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting because the first episode of this two two episode arc, the Bad Badge doesn't show up until like two thirds into the first episode, and they don't really they only establish the uh, the bond between Hera and Omega. Yeah, I really like it. Honestly, yeah. it's good to get away from them for a second. Yeah, it it, it it's it was really nice. It was very un unexpected, and I really liked. It. I mean, the plot itself is not something we've never seen before. It's just transported into the Star Wars universe. But I liked the whole interweaving the machinations. I liked it. It was like very multidimensional. No, and it's a classic plot dynamic that you see often, but it's effective anywhere it mm. is. So, yeah, we yeah, yes. we also we also get a glimpse into another clone that apparently his inhibitor chip isn't working a hundred percent, and a few others too, like some like obviously Hauser. Yeah, 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very interesting. And then after his speech, too. I mean, we'll get into all of this, but that was I, so interesting. Yeah, I also wonder to what extent it's not working. And that's really interesting. Uh, it's fascinating. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Eesh. Good, good, good point there. And also Loki, I really like Hauser. This is the first time we've yeah. seen him, but he's just like so cool. Even the way he has his hair slicked back, I'm just like, yes, you're awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I never really liked Jamson Dula that much. I think he was like more of a caricature of a certain type of person. Maybe it was also that like his his like group was called the Freedom Fighter, so it was so on the nose that I kind of was repulsed by that. But I actually like. I really like Eleni. I love Hera and Chopper. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? They're the best. Hera and they Chopper are, the are amazing. I would love just a just a series on those two. Yeah, and his wife is also really cool. Exactly. Yeah, Sorry, Eleni, I forgot her yeah, name. Yeah. What, what was her name again? Eleni. Eleni, thank you. Oh, she's yeah, I amazing. Um, I want to see like like yeah, a show about them and their family and stuff. Mm. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's funny. Like the the less the least interesting character of all of this family is like the the leader of the rebellion, so to speak. Yeah, the patriarch. Yeah. Even like the his like his general or whatever is like, it his brother-in-law? I think so. Yeah, or he's interesting, and as yeah. he like undercuts his quote-unquote boss. Yeah, with his like daughter. <laughs> yeah, right. Too, that was like an interesting thing. Kind of like um, an idiot, a dick move, though. Honestly. Yeah. But I think that's why I think it is like I think they mentioned that he is like his brother-in-law, and so it would kind of make sense that I think he can only do that if he's family, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm also I was really happy to see the death of, um, Ta Senator Onfrita. Yes. Oh, oh my finally. God. That guy, so annoying. You know, who he reminds me of he he reminds me of the chef in Ratatouille. Just his oh, like interesting. size and his like animation and his voice. It always like throughout Clone Wars reminds me of the uh, sh- Ratatouille chef. For, chef for, <laughs> that is a great point. For a second, I thought you were going to say Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mitch McConnell doesn't have the, the gravitas that Onfrita has. Sick burn. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree, but they're, they're equally opportunistic. As with Roland or whatever his name is, I wonder like he's gonna come back and maybe the Pikes are gonna come back too. That's gonna be that's that would be interesting, specifically because they are under Maul's control. I don't know. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, that's in the continuity hmm. we have with uh, the solo movie, right? Because I was wondering, yeah. are they? Because Maul at this point still last time we saw him was he just escaped capture, right? So. We don't know exactly what he's up to at this moment, but I guess from Solo, we know that he's at least in charge of Crimson Dawn. Yeah, for sure. Right. Maybe he's not in charge of the Pikes anymore. Well, we'll see, I guess. And before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to shout out a great uh, detail, like a great callback that Sid calls the Bad Batch laser brains twice, once in episode 10 and once in episode, I think, 13. And the laser brain is what... uh, Leia calls Han in, I think, episode five. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. As soon as she said it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love that so love much. It. Yeah. Feed us more self-referential stuff, please, Star Wars. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, there are definitely examples of Star Wars overdoing it. 
with like fan service and self-referential stuff. But this was great. I didn't like any of the other names that Sid had for the Bad Batch, but that was great. <laughs> oh my god, all of these stupid fucking names. I wonder what's the hierarchy of insults in the Star Wars universe. Clearly, scum is number yeah. one. Yeah, clearly. Laser brain has to be up there as well. Yeah. What else is there? <laughs> I mean, Leia calls Han a lot of things, but maybe that's like all the fu- like all five insults that exist in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> it's a very PG friendly. Yeah, scruffy looking nerd herder was another thing. That's a g- oh yeah, uh, Sleemo is another one. Oh, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. That's in the prequels and in Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's not that important, honestly. We can move on to the actual yeah. episode, but good, <laughs> okay. good, good call. Cool. Okay. No more general impressions. Honestly, no. Like, I just was impressed. I love, 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 love Ryloth. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I even like the first episode that's not on Ryloth. I think it's Mm -hmm. cool for them to have to face separatist people as well and how Mm -hmm. everyone is a victim to the Empire at this point and changing sides. So that was fascinating too. And the last episode can just like eh, forget about it. Burn in a fire. Honestly. Probably that was like their shittiest episode and they're like, where do we put this? Let's just put this (laughs) here and just fuck it. Honestly, they just could have made a 15-episode season. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah, I I like that. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about this episode next, so... Well, here's my question for you. Yeah. And I think I know the answer because it might be the same answer I have. Would you rather have no Star Wars content or bad Star Wars content? No Star Wars content. Yeah, okay, same. Same, Because, because, like, I can make up better stories than that in my own Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, good. That's cool. Good. I just don't like there's this idea with people have that more is better or whatever, but no. not always. Nope. Rather rather take your time, do like actually do something good and then bring it out every so and like so many years. Then well, I mean we're gonna get to like four something. shows next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So shall we get into it? Let's do it. Episode 10, Common Ground. So the Bad Batch is hired to rescue former separatist senator of Raxus, Avi Singh, who has been imprisoned because he spoke out against the Empire at a public address. And uh, due to him being a separatist, the Bad Batch is very mistrusting of him, but completes the mission, getting both the former senator and his protocol droid GS8 to safety. Meanwhile, Omega, who Hunter has decided to leave with Sid out of concern for her safety, displays a knack for strategy which Sid utilizes in the Jarek, the famous Star Wars version of chess. And Omega manages to win so much money playing different opponents that the Bad Batch stats with Sid are paid off. And just going in- into this, I thought that that was an interesting idea to, to have Omega stay back. And I think we see more and more signs that your theory is true, that Omega just has all of the different capabilities of the bad batch in one yeah i kind of am more convinced as well she clearly has hunter's strategic intelligence and i'm kind of sad that they didn't show us the result of their their match against each other um but we can presume that omega won because omega is on the next missions as well but Mm. we don't know it's interesting i 
I really like that B plot of the film, of the movie, I mean. Of the, the episode, I mean. God. The series. The, of the episode. The B plot of, not not the whole series, but just like having Omega sit back and have her and Sid sort of have a relationship because it starts out quite antagonistic or Sid just sort of degrading her. And then through Omega's skill, she kind of like likes to, she learns to like her in a way. Um, it is interesting because the end of the episode, as you mentioned, says like their debt is paid, but then why do they keep going back and staying is another question that I have. It yeah. just, yeah, it that's a little bit odd and it's a weird nugget to put in. I thought that it would be a little bit better if they just admitted that little particular note, but you know what? It's okay. Anything with Omega is great. So yeah, or just have have their debt be almost paid off, so they just need to do this one last job. Exactly, know? and then that sets you up for the fucking fuck fuck episode, <laughs> episode thirteen or whatever. Yeah, we have <laughs> uh, we have the ep- the title of the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, I thought the the entire problem of having to rescue a separatist was really interesting and that just shows the quickly changing landscape of the galaxy's politics where former uh, enemies are now kind of on your side because it's kind of you know your enemy's enemy is your friend exactly and we are all living in a shared world where we're victims to the empire and the empire's tyranny. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where your allegiance lied earlier. So it's just a really good nuance to draw. And I love how they're really leaning into it in this episode. And the fact that like they actively and voice their concern about working for a separatist to a certain extent, it, it's interesting. So, yeah, I, I really like it. And then it turns out that the Separatist is just a guy. You know, he's not an evil caricature or a dumb, manipulated person that the prequels project them as. And it's really nice to see that kind of leadership and hero- heroism within someone who was formerly known as a Separatist. So, Yeah, I think at the very end, Singh kind of earns Hunter's respect when he is thinking about staying and you know uh leading the uh, rebellion on his planet and like to do the best for like the people on raxus and i feel like that's something that hunter specifically can identify with exactly and i think it's a really good relationship i wonder if they'll build it out more and i really wonder what sing's role is in the rebellion in a larger scale because clearly Mm -hmm he's leaving he to do something specific right oh my god can you imagine you have uh the sindulas sing and who else did we see like saw guerrera all sitting at one table and founding the rebellion that would be fucking amazing <laughs> that would be so good i would love that um i, I, mean, I also have... uh, what's his face um uh, organa bail organa has to do yeah. that as well oh right? for sure right one quick thing about Singh is I like his his struggle at the beginning at the uh, public like assembly thing I just wish they would have 
um, depicted it some somewhat more nuanced, and it was like very on on the nose, very sloppy in a way. But it's obviously difficult to have it be a, an an internal monologue or something, you know. So. Yeah, it's like how do you project thoughts on a television show like that? Clearly. Mm. And you could have done it completely silently with just facial expressions, which yeah, is, exactly. you know, effective. But because it's a character maybe that we have never seen before, we don't know their nuances and their tendencies it might have come across as coming out of nowhere. So it's really a, a fine line. The kind of the writers maybe put themselves in a weird hole there. But no, I, I kind of agree with you. If it was a little bit, a little bit smoother, it would have been nice. But yeah, actually, like I can imagine how you do it with a couple, you know, pan shots of him, you know, seeing different little like microaggressions by the Empire and the crowd and some of the people and then zooming back to his face as he's like panically looking across and looking at these different things happening in front of him. And then his emotions sort of wrestling with the idea and his facial expression is sort of scrunching up and then releasing and then having this moment of clarity that he has you can do that all silently so mm-hmm. maybe that would have been more effective but yeah and later on too he says you have you uh you have to trust me when they're escaping and I was like, how much more on the nose can you get but yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah um i was surprised to see that the empire already has like everything in place like they have the torture droid <laughs> they have like everything already there it was like um uh Sidious had already been uh, been doing some like design work well he clearly (laughs) had like we made so many comments in the clone wars about how it is depicting the republic as it's already an empire and it has all the infrastructure in place right and by the end of it you kind of even see things like the probe droids within clone wars right Mm -hmm. And these are quintessential empire symbols. So it makes sense that they're already up and running. And it's incredible. Like once the separatist army was kind of deactivated, essentially, there was no opposition to the empire at this point. So it's so fast. Also, like a note on the imperial torture droid. I know it's just like a little gadget that was the highest technology that they could do in 1970, whatever, but holy shit, it's effective till this day. I really like yes. think it's a good torture depiction. It's really yeah. good. Well done. Yeah, for some reason, the syringe is the thing that kind of is like the scary cherry on top. Yeah, 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 for sure. Try like a floating robot going to inject you with random shit. I'm just yeah. like, no thanks. And you don't know what, what's inside that robot too, you know? But one thing that surprised me is that the Bad Batch is still using the stun uh, weapons on the clones. I thought that that was a nice touch. It's a beautiful touch, honestly. Yeah. I love it. It is, it is like a greater point to like, obviously that changes later, but you could al- almost see that as like a non-violent, I mean, it's not non-violent in a sense, but it is like kind of, you know, the protest movements that have been successful have... Like a lot of them have have used like nonviolence at least like recently, recently ish. Well, I think it's just more so about the characters' a statement on their morality, and yeah. a repetition of 
us realizing oh that these are the good guys they're not using blaster fire they're using stun weapon there's their weapons are set to stun and that's a specific choice that they make actively to save the lives of people that they can still consider their brothers and it makes it more heartbreaking this whole saga of um clones versus the their Im- implants or their what are they called again inhibitor chips yeah i don't really have that much i mean i'm i'm sure you could say more about omega but I don't really have that much more to say on this episode, to be honest. I'm wondering, like, I'm kind of struggling as well about what to say. I do like their escape, but it's a little clunky at points. You mentioned the um, you got to trust me line kind of thing. You could have just said what's there, honestly. Um, This is like a typical thing that you see quite often. It's a little bit like, okay, they got shot in the back with a cannon and they're able to repair it within five seconds. Just like, eh. I know tech is a genius, but that's a little bit weird, honestly. Just like get up and run; it should be faster. Yeah, I didn't know why they were they would still like why were they so obsessed with still having that tank? Just like leave it. Yeah, and get another one if you need to. It takes you a second to like whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it was just like a little bit weird in that way, but it is classic, and I like the I like all heists where getting in is easy, but getting out is hard. That's just like a fun thing, but it is a little bit, I would say, overdone in this season because we already have two episodes that are like that because mm-hmm. the one with the Martez sisters is very similar and this is another one is very similar. The mechanics are different, but the beats of the storyline are still the same. So I think that they need to vary it up a little bit, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I did. I did like I, I thought like GS8 as like as a droid appearance was just solid. Yes, no, not good not droid. like I'm not like enthusiastic about it, but it was it wasn't bad either. It was like yeah, it was good. I liked when uh, I guess she I don't know. <laughs> we are again with the pronouns, but um, she may like she. It worked once the distraction, and then she's just overdoing it the second time. And I also obviously I love the vase thing. Yeah, the that, was, that was that is. So I never funny. liked that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny to think that like, that's literally what saved the bad batch this f- stupid vase it's incredible the little things that kind of domino effect are awesome sometimes yeah and i would say about gsa one thing is that you have to compare all droids on a spectrum so the the north star of droids if they're protocol droids it's c3po so <laughs> relative to c3po this is great great yeah. performance <laughs> phenomenal so a plus so you can't compare protocol droids to astro astro droids or whatever they're called. I forget no. the right. So like R two D two as the North Star, meh, okay performance, but compared to C three PO, yes, please give me more. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I know it's just it's an interesting. I like how she is so possessive of him in a way and i like that attachment that they have honestly and they mm. really they show it so quickly and i found it very nice that they build up these characters with these emotions within like a 20 minute episode so it's it's incredible honestly good good done i think it's just a good episode mm-hmm. but now we're getting we're now we're coming to the meat of the these four episodes but honestly, yeah, mm. th- then we move like the episodes on this arc or not this arc, but this section of the season just level up here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have episode 11, Devil's Deal. 
and there's tension on Ryloth. When Yay, the Imper- Ryloth. Again, please, more Ryloth all the time. Yes. Uh, and yeah, because like there's tension because the Imperial troops stay even though the war is over, which was not what was promised. And Admiral Rampart and Senator Tarr use the former resistance leader Cham Sindula to con- uh, convince the Twi'lek to hand over their weapons. However, Cham's daughter Hera helps her brother, helps his brother. Hmm. However, Cham's daughter Hera helps his brother-in-law Gobi to transport weapons he has bought from Sid, of course, and they are delivered by the Bad Batch. Um, however, the Twi'lek were were tracked by Crosshair, and Cham and Eleni Sindula try to rescue her, their daughter. Um, but are arrested for treason after Rampart has them framed for an assassination attempt on Senator Tar, much to the confusion of Clone Commander Hauser. Oh, you know what I just realized? What? Senator Tar is actually not dead, right? He just gets shot, and they make a comment that he's actually alive. I was wondering about that. I think I think he's dead. I was yeah. I was sure he he was dead. I think uh, Rampart was just didn't thought he was a useful asset to like speak that like in that way um and maybe even like an obstacle later on so maybe that's why because otherwise he could have just injured him and not like it looked like he he had crosshair shoot him in the head or something yeah for some reason i remember a line in the next episode where they say that he is making a swift recovery or whatever yeah yeah yeah. rampart when he addresses the crowd he says that but i i mean that doesn't mean that it's true oh good point good point politicians never lie to us though chris no no never how dare you insinuate otherwise no i mean i mean technically he's a he's a oh yeah imperial officer sorry military officer either way it's a moot point because we don't care about him no it was a little overdrawn but i liked how jealous he was of Cham. Oh, for sure he's jealous. It kind of made a lot of sense because he was the one living in Coruscant the whole time, right? While yeah. Cham was actually on the ground building a base for himself. So Exactly, doing the hard it, work. Exactly. I kind of didn't mind it, even if it was... I don't think it was that overdone because of his personality. Ta has been like that the whole fucking time. Yeah. Like since the season one of Clone Wars. Like. Yeah, always going back and forth. And it's so annoying. It really is, honestly. It's incredible how quickly they can establish great characters. Like Hera and Chopper. I like them within like the first 10 seconds. Yeah, when they're in the Imperial Outpost and they're yeah. just like. Oh. And, isn't Ch- like the noises he makes and the like gestures aren't they fucking cute they're amazing i love him so much yeah. already one day we need to do a droid draft and we will we he- will we will and yeah. it's gonna be or like a bracket or whatever let's get the rebels first and yeah of course all of the course. content and then all live action <laughs> no we've seen all that at least though so we no, can but jump. all the upcoming live oh, action yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. let's do it the more the better uh, but I, I just love them. I just like... She's not a child, obviously. She's an adolescent, I guess. Yeah. But adolescents like that, that have a fiery spirit and are willing to take risks and also have dreams of bigger things. And that's what she has. She has all of those things all at once. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Honestly. And I, I love the... Uh, like All the things that go on just in this family. 
Yeah. You know, you have <laughs> you have like <clears throat> uh Gobi still like still being active in the resistance. Cham is kind of going back and forth. He's like not happy with what's going on, but he has kind of bought into it. Eleni is questioning that. But, and is like slowly getting on board while Hira is already kind of on board. And it's just incredible. Yeah, it's great. And I, as you said, like, I like even the depiction of Cham because he is not like yeah. a typical, like, masculine leader in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's, they really lean into his soft side towards Hera in so many ways, but he and his concern in a way that he's very pensive and not doesn't overact and blow up and i don't know i think it's a very he's very different in his depiction very thoughtful yeah for sure but as you said he's not really the most captivating and that's fine and that's good right um and because we like the characters who have the spunk to them and he doesn't have that spunk maybe it's age and years and years of fighting as he talks about multiple times um but i like the way that they choose to even depict him or them all within their family dynamics, independent of the the politics that are going along. Yeah. Yeah. When Hera gets discovered by the clones, I mean, a, it's really interesting because we get the first time that I was wondering about Hauser. It was like, like if it aren't like, all, as you pointed out, I think last episode, aren't all the clones now assholes? Like <laughs> how can he just let it slide in a way? that kind of didn't compute but i also liked yeah as you pointed out uh cham doesn't like punish her he's just talking to her afterwards about it and i thought that that was really interesting yeah yeah so i like the parenting style honestly as well yeah <laughs> for sure yeah and then of course the bad batch comes and delivers the weapons and <laughs> hunter's like yeah you really need to start like amassing some things and you have to be careful i like that too and, yeah. and of course, Hera and Omega together were just adorable. I mean, power couple already. Yeah, I know, right? God, so good. I want them to be friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like the music in these episodes was also really good. When Hera talks about flying, there's something uh, playing that is almost this is that's very very similar to Luke's theme. Yeah. And I really like that touch. No, it's amazing. Every time there's... You have this with Omega as well in this season, that wonder of flying and exploration. And it's a, yeah, it's exactly. a perfect um, theme for Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. And like also, like wh- while we're talking about sounds, I mean, obviously, the sounds Chopper makes and like the movements and all. I mean, so I just said expressive, it earlier, honestly. But it's like... I feel every time I like there's a new droid as before it does anything I'm just like yeah just going to be another droid how can they make it different from any other droid and then they do something like they do with Chopper and I love they it They really struck gold with Chopper They really did The way he waves his arms too yeah. <laughs> Like his sounds too and yeah. it's kind of clunky and the way he looks as well he looks like a little compressed he looks like shorter but sturdier than R2 in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah. I like that. And I, his relationship, the way that like Hera trusts him, and not only Hera, mm. but her, her parents trust him. Her, her, they're like, they trust Chopper to get Hera to safety in the canyon, yeah. right? And there are so many great scenes. Like, I mean, in the next episode when, when he's infiltrating the, uh, the base and he's just like 
flying through that small thing like the, he just fits perfectly through it he uses his jets to go through and then it's just like queuing after the others and it's like yeah it's almost like he has his hands behind his back and he's just whistling like do 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 nothing <laughs> happened here <laughs> i love that oh it's amazing and then he takes out those two guards like yeah easily too oh it's great yeah true i really like that as soon as the the parents hear about Hera being like captured and called a traitor or like you know charged with treason uh they're both like united it's like okay <laughs> like cham immediately grabs a weapon and is like let's go yeah right <laughs> i love that like fuck this um yeah but honestly i really like the like the admiral he's he's another worthy opponent in a way rampart yeah yeah he's well done clearly yeah and he like immediately frames them it's really a smart plan yeah it really is i was surprised i was like oh yeah that's that's a good plan and but uh, as well like you can see you can immediately see like houses reactions like what what's going yeah. on here yeah I'm surprised that he kept Hauser in the dark the whole time. Yeah. Maybe he senses that something's different about Hauser as well, but that he has an attachment towards the Sindulas because they fought together for so long. But it's an interesting nugget there. Yeah, and like Rampart would be the one to do it, right? Because he is he's not necessarily anti-clone as much as Tarkin is. He's kind of like in between. Yeah, but he's definitely pro moving away from clones to yeah a certain extent. exactly yeah. like slowly getting them out of there yeah it's so interesting yeah, because i still haven't gotten a really good reason as to why they're moving away from clones maybe the next three episodes will show that a little bit better but in my mind it's like the only thing against clones that they've discussed so far has been the cost basically the costs right yeah. and that's not that big i mean if you're a galactic empire yeah. is like can't you just control the costs it's not that mm-hmm. hard right so it's a very interesting i wonder if there's something else with regards to the security or the efficacy of the army that they're trying to they they will display at some point in this series i wonder if they are concerned about people like like basically infiltrating the the army by removing inhibitor chips and having clones work for them and then they don't control it anymore or there there will be like more things but also like don't forget like we we hear it through finn right that the way they quote-unquote recruit people is by like enslaving children basically so it's not much of a cost to begin with Good point. It's just free. <laughs> exactly. But then you're raising children still, I guess. I guess the... I yeah, know. but you would be raising cl- cl- like clone children. Yeah, good point. To, I mean, they, they, it, will not, it wouldn't take that long, but still. So yeah, maybe we'll see some more about that in the future. But in the meantime, we have another great episode to talk about. Episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. Beca- because Hera escapes, she's able to ask the Bad Batch for help. Uh, specifically Omega, whom she had befriended. And at Omega's Omega's insistence, the Bad Batch decide to help, but are discovered by Crosshair. Still, they go forward with their plan, using an attack on the new Imperial refinery as a distraction. 
Captain Hauser warns them about Crosshair's trap and gives a rousing speech to his troops. And some of them refuse to help the Empire any further, for which they are arrested. In the meantime, the Bad Batch and the Syndulas escape, possibly being the start of yet another rebellion. And in the aftermath of all of this, Rampart gives permission to Crosshair to hunt down the Bad Batch. I like the way you put that with regards to how the Syndulas escape. And I think that more fundamentally than one large rebellion being founded, I think it's interesting to have different rebellions out there, like different mm-hmm. pockets of rebellion going on simultaneously, and then at one point them joining together. And that's yeah. what's really cool about the Bad Batch is these free agents who go along and just, oh, we see like Sagarera's little group we see the sindulo's potential little group we can see um sing's little group so i wonder like that's really in a cool way to depict the formation or the founding of the rebellion more as little pocket cells of rebellion that end mm. up growing to be this big thing kind of haphazardly in a way yeah it's funny how like they might do more good that way like not even doing it on purpose than if they had just joined rex yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's interesting that they're going to be essentially saving these people and fueling these little tiny pockets of rebellion. Yeah. And it's interesting. It kind of makes sense in a way because often people fight for the things that they're familiar with, right? And then only unite once they find others with has that have a common enemy or a common ground to a certain extent. So if we consider that as you know a window into how rebellions begin that would be an interesting way to do it and as you said then eventually we'll have a confederacy of small rebellions to create the rebellion you know bad word but okay oh Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think this is the episode in which the bad batch might be turned into rebels because there is this exchange and i'm sure you've noted it down too where Hunter says to Omega, we can't put ourselves in line every time someone's in trouble. And Omega uh, retorts, isn't that what soldiers do? And then just like, it's like, bam. The the facial expression, like the look on sh- of shock in Hunter's face is just like, oh shit, yeah, she's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, and I think they always talk about how it, it was easier being a soldier and being a soldier is a big mm. thing and being a soldier, this and that. So yeah, that was great. <laughs> like, um, and I think that's just going to be it. And also because of something that happened at the end or the conversation that I noted down between, you know, Crosshair getting permission from Rampart to actively hunt them down mm-hmm. and uh, leading to, I'm sure, what is the climactic battle of the uh, of the season. Yeah. I would be shocked if they don't fight again, honestly. And there's no some sort of conclusion to their little spat. But it's they're now an active target of the empire as opposed to this little nuisance that comes up every once in a while so mm. yeah because rampart sees the uh, the pattern right wherever they show up they're causing a lot of trouble exactly or also the value in them i wonder if he because he mentions that he wants them to be on their side like fighting for the empire would oh, be yeah. so so good so what if his directive is to just capture them no, I think that like he at fr- he abandons that idea. I think oh, you he think was so? thinking about it 
a little bit and then when because rampart uh because crosshair talked specifically about terminating them ah uh, yeah and yeah, i yeah, think yeah. maybe he has had the uh the wished for for them to to join the empire but now he kind of realizes that that's not going to happen so you know if they can't play for our team we don't want them to play for the others so yeah of course that makes sense yeah fuck crosshair i wonder how they're going to like if they are able to knock out crosshair and remove his inhibitor chip reintegrate him yeah okay i i had that question for later but we can just talk about it now like what do you expect from the season finale i expect i wonder i don't know honestly i don't know yeah and that's a good spot to be in because it's just three episodes and i could see you know we've been talking about it previously how like one of the bad batch might die and i could see that being like one of the last things that happens in this season kind of as a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. but i could i could just as well see crosshair being captured or killed and like captured in a way that they can remove his inhibitor chip and maybe they basically trade crosshair for one uh, like one that he might have killed in the sense yeah 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 so he kills echo or whatever and then they're able to capture crosshair that kind of thing yeah and put him back into the but then how do you reconcile then like emotionally there's an interesting trajectory for the next season exactly how, like this is the person who killed one of our members like yeah. but and honestly i could see i could see like hunter being killed and then uh, omega taking his place because she is the strategic genius right oh man oh fuck that'd be so interesting <laughs> yeah oh that'd be heartbreaking it would be super heartbreaking but that's kind of the the point <laughs> The point of it, exactly. They yeah. they just build up this relationship for an entire season and then they kill off Hunter. I would imagine they would do that more like a series finale kind of thing. Mm. Um, but then you don't see the aftermath. I mean, that's kind of the cheap way out. Yeah, I guess. Or or you like push forward in another show, right? It's like, oh, yeah. it's no longer it's the true. Bad Batch. You know, it's like Omega's show at that point. Mm-hmm. I wonder. And you, like, because we've talked about this too, like... Maybe there is a time jump between seasons one and two, and maybe that is how then like Omega, Omega grows into the role of Hunter and leads the Bad Batch. Yeah, because like if these people were out there during the rebellion, like where were they? Like, mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see. Yeah, I just want to point out a few more things from this episode. Um, I've talked about the big picture stuff, but there were like a lot of small little nuggets that I really liked. We're gonna talk about Hauser in a second, but. Uh, I'm just going to go through this chronologically. Hunter says, you know, Gonk is defective, like the the draw that they have. And then <laughs> he's like super dejected and Omega just replies like, don't worry, we're all defective. Or like, we're <laughs> defective too. And I thought that that was such a good line. So self-aware she is. I know, right? <laughs> uh, finally, someone notices a probe droid like Hunter does and destroys it. That was great. Well, I mean, that's his whole specialty, right? Like, so if anyone can, it must be him. But it's interesting. I'm wondering, like, how does the technology of it work? Like, how fast does it send stuff? Like, it must be mm-hmm. really fast. It's insane, honestly. Yeah. But, or exactly. live live feed. I don't know. And it's surprising but, how, t- how big it is. Like, shouldn't it be sneakier? I mean. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and again, we have a great scene between Omega and Hunter in which she says, she's trying to say for family, Hunter, I'd do the same for you. And again, like the look of surprise on his face is just priceless. Yeah, and um, also kind of like love in a way. Just like, yeah, oh my for sure. God, I would do it for mm-hmm. you too. <laughs> but it doesn't say it. So good. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Cho- Chopper is like MVP again, like the droid saving the day. I love this through line through all of Star Wars, basically. But now I guess it's time to talk about Hauser. Yeah, he's a fucking bomb. I love Hauser so much, honestly. I really hope he doesn't die. He probably will, but like, yeah, I was. I actually expected Crosshead to just shoot him when he went after, or maybe during his giving that speech. Oh, good point. Like, I wonder why he didn't actually. Maybe because it's not his directive. It's not an order, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, but he had know. like he killed one of his uh, people. Like, you remember the the original squad he had? He killed one of them when he. Was disobeying yeah, orders. Yeah, 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 for sure. Good point. I don't know why, but I mean, obviously, because Hauser is gonna come back then. Yeah, and g- gonna lead like another squad of bad batch. I mean, not bad batch, but like c- other clone soldiers that don't follow the orders anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I like him a Ooh. lot. I like how he I just came up with something. Everything. Sorry. Yes. No, please. I wonder if Hauser and all the clones that uh, refuse to serve the Empire are basically the most recent stage and because they they've made a point in clone wars to talk about how diluted the um the like dna of Django fed was so maybe the inhibitor chips don't work as well on like basically the latest generation that'd be interesting theory that i just thought about that's a cool theory and then it could be and then it could be something like domino thing where like they just need an impulse to basically critically think about it and then just refuse well that could give a good reason as to why the empire doesn't want clones anymore because exactly. they're not effective anymore mm-hmm. but sorry what what did you want to say <laughs> i have no idea that's a great idea like but your, okay. <laughs> your thing just is like making my brain move a lot so good work good idea yeah, but Hauser is like so interesting like he really tries to help out cham and i i love though that there is this scene in which he tries to help them but they don't trust him yeah and that was like borderline tragedy depending on that like how the rest of the episode goes you know yeah so close i was just like no fucking trust him (laughs) like yeah (laughs) yeah so they kind of raised the stakes there and i really like that no it's a great arc really for hauser i love as well that when after he's given the speech the clones who basically join him they don't try to attack the others they just throw away their blasters yeah it's interesting like that's a lot of clones who disobey orders in that way so i'm Mm. very fascinated as to why that happens and i mean your theory is a good one for sure but yeah i don't know there is no indication there like because the only caveat to that is that they made it seem that hauser has been on ryloth for a while Mm. so i wonder if he could be a recent generation maybe he is and yeah it's it's a fascinating potential there for sowing the seeds within the rebellion like within of the seeds of discord within the army as it is 
and it's interesting because in some ways it kind of makes sense why you would want a new army because you don't want the same people and soldiers who fought for the republic and republican ideals to be fighting for imperial ideals because you'll get people like hauser who then believe more in you know the lofty ideals of the republic and humanitarian good or whatever and I think that makes sense because you want to retrain soldiers that believe in what you want to want them to teach or want them to espouse, right? So, hmm. fascinating. Sorry, it's just an interesting thought for sure. Yeah, and I was just like, as you were saying that, I was also thinking about Rampart because he is very quick to adapt the uh, the ideology of the empire. And I wonder what his story is. Like, he just came up and maybe he was like kind of a, another Tarkin where he went through the training to become an officer and but he's he was like very much on one side of like you know more order more like the fascist side in a way yeah i think it was built into to a certain extent the imperial sorry the republican um training process and i think i would assume at least that palpatine was active in trying to find those people who would align along those lines for Mm. this eventual switch so yeah. people like Rampart, people like Tarkin, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, man, that guy wearing so many hats. Right? Oh, I'm still pissed about episode nine. Ugh. <laughs> and you will always you will always be pissed about it. So again, another example of how more Star Wars is not good. Especially if you try to like put too much stuff in it. Just keep yeah. it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. That's a great acronym. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more. I just think this is a great arc. It's the two episodes only, but it's really nice and fun to see. I obviously have a soft spot for Ryloth, and I love the characters they introduce, like Hera and I and Chopper, and I love the characters that are back, like Chom. Um, so... And I think they actually did, as you said, even better with the characters that they're introducing for the first time. Mm. Like, because Hera, Chopper, Hauser, um, what's his name? Uh, the the Lieutenant Tacham. Oh, it's uh, Gobi. Gobi, yeah. So all these characters, I think, are really interesting and good. So, mm. Yeah, I really hope we see more of them in the future. Yeah. And what's interesting about how they are simultaneously showing the Bad Batch, the story is about the Bad Batch, yes, but it is more so in my mind about the Empire's reconciliation of power across the galaxy. Mm. And it's... And the reactions to that too, you know? Exactly. But it's really about, I think for me, it's like, it's a story of how the villain became the villain in a way. And the Empire Mm -hmm. that we saw in episode four of Star Wars how it really became a thing is so fascinating. And I really love seeing that in all of its ways and the different times and places it flexes its muscle to become the power force of the, of the galaxy. So, so what you're saying is that this is a prequel, but good. Yeah. To a certain extent it is a prequel, but (laughs) good. Um, But also it's, it's, it's just so good good because it plays both sides of the story so many stories focus on the heroes so much and disregard the villains and this is sort of not equally for sure but it is giving space for both the villains and the heroes to grow 
and to see things in a different light. So I really think it's good. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a good backdrop, right? Whenever you're doing like creative writing or like any type of storytelling to have your protagonist or protagonists um, be in this environment in the in which something big happens. And it's kind of this thing of like, you know, may you live an interesting time. It's exactly in these times where a lot happens and a lot changes that it's especially interesting. And that's kind of the backdrop, but it's also kind of part of the story for sure. So good. I love it. Cool. That's my comment. And onto something that I do not love. Yeah. Uh, episode 13, Infested. Uh, a crime boss by the name of Roland Durand, who is going into business with the Pike Syndicate, takes over Sid's joint, and she wants to get back at him by stealing his shipment of spice together with the Bad Batch. They are initially successful, but then chased by Durand's people, who waken the hive of Erlings, which is like just some form of insects, giant ones though, huge swarm, and and the spice gets lost in the tunnels. This in turn not only means trouble for Durant, but also for Sid and the Bad Batch as the Pikes take Omega hostage. Uh, and so they retrieve the spice and Sid gets her parlor back. Such a terrible episode. <laughs> it is. Useless. Just pointless. Like, honestly, I'm, I am debating, like, boycotting discussing this episode because it's just, like... Wow. I have nothing to say about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna actually boycott. Don't worry, I will no, say no. stuff. But it's just like, meh. I like, I guess, how Omega comes to Sid's defense to a certain extent. Yeah, that was funny. That was nice. Um, like, but every single thing, like even like Wrecker's thing of heights, is just like too much in this. And yeah. Like, why is Sid down there with him? And like the the insects clearly <sighs> are just like why why is there a city built on top of a hive of like. Yeah. man-eating insects the fuck like how is that all of a sudden there and yeah of course it leads to a back room in her office yeah i'm just like right oh it's so and it comes out of nowhere like the the, the the villain is nothing interesting i like he's the, a the joke guy, because like joke. the 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 lengths he goes to to get rosie back is just he just neglects like basically something that could threaten his life if he loses it which is the spice. He just exactly. has all his people run after Rosie and he runs after Rosie uh, or Rose or whatever the thing's name is. But it's just like, there's like, you leave your your like place unguarded and there's just like a bunch of spice there and you know the pikes will kill you if you, if you lose it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Um, but I guess it's, in a way it is kind of because you we learn that her his mother is a, uh, is like a big crime boss or something. Maybe it is one of these things where like, I don't know, like a rich white kid who just doesn't know what to do and then just do, does some bullshit just because they want to. No, that makes something. sense. Honestly, that he's an idiot. Yeah. I just like, he just wasn't like, what the fuck? Like, why would he take Sid's parlor? I guess like, again, cause he's an idiot and he thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants, but he just can't obviously when he comes up against a strong force, like the pikes, but uh, it's just i don't know so I, there I were three things realize. three things that i liked about this episode so let me just i mean one of them you already mentioned that like the bad badge is debating whether to help sid and then umiga is the only one who speaks up for her and that's when sid shows up 
in in their uh, spaceship and it's like oh yeah thanks thanks so much like all you others go can go fuck yourselves basically um that was kind of funny again it's very lord of the rings fellowship of the ring when wrecker loses his flashlight falling into the bug infested yeah. tunnel yeah. it's just like pippin and moria oh for sure and it's shot the same too and it's like wow you're somebody really watched that movie like <laughs> in whilst writing these episodes so and I got to say, like, Ruby's really cute, so that's some, something nice. <laughs> but, like, if that's one of the things you mentioned, um, it's kind of bad. And I do and I do like that at the end, Sid talks the pikes out of killing Roland, you know, talking about his mother. And, like, is this really the move you want to take in the situation, like, in the position you're in right now, which also tells you that the pikes are kind of in dire straits. So that's all really... That's just an allusion to something else but i still liked it but all of the rest of the episodes is bullshit <sighs> so yeah. there you have it that's that's my official like uh summary of this stupid stupid episode i just like none of it makes sense the mechanics of it make sense like even from like a spacing perspective like where are the characters in any given moment like they're they just basically feel like they're just getting transported literally like they're here then they're in the mine then they're in the office then they're in a mine then they're here then they're at the ship and then they're here yeah. and then just like what? i wasn't gonna say it but since you brought it up the pacing is almost episode nine like where that you have no moment of just take taking a breath it's just like one thing one thing one thing one thing and it's just like it's crazy like you there's no moment where you just chill yeah, I don't understand how this is written by the same people who wrote the last two episodes. Maybe it's I not, know, actually. Right? It could be different writers. Yeah. But, like, it's just, I don't understand how this is written by the same writing team, right? Or by the yeah, same executive, like, or show showrunner. So, also, like, I just don't like Sid inherently. Like, Sid is fine. Sid is, like, a ver- worse version of Ma- Maz. Yeah. Is her name? Maz. Yeah. yeah? She's like a worse Oh, interesting. Version. I would have thought that you mean Carl Weathers. Oh, also a worse version of him, and he's not great. And he's not good, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, yeah, use her like throughout like a little bit. Have her appear like one minute per episode, and it's exactly. fine. And not that's even every episode. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need. Like if you just I think that's what I'm thinking. You just like remove this episode, this season's fine, clearly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they will like something is established here that they will come back to but again yeah. it's like the martez sisters in in season seven of the clone wars they could have done it some other way they don't need an episode in a 16 episode uh season or four episodes in a 12 episode season to do that yeah 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 and the thing is the, the guiding great the the saving grace of the martez sisters thing is that soka was there so i was yeah. like at least Ahsoka's there. <laughs> Um, this Omega's great, but she ain't no Ahsoka. Sorry, Omega. You might become nope. like that, but um, <laughs> yeah, give it some. Give it like seven more se- or exactly. six more seasons. You know, give it like the greatest character arc of all time, and yeah. then we'll talk <laughs> about being like Ahsoka. So yeah, and her her own show in ten years. Exactly, I wouldn't mind it honestly. I would love like no. a buddy cop show, Omega and Hera <laughs> running around with Chopper. Oh yes, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I would love that so much. So this is kind of the end of uh, this episode, I feel like. And 
next time we are obviously going to talk about the last three episodes of the first season of Bad Batch. And as with Clone Wars, we are going to be watching them live together and recording our reactions, which is going to be great because with Clone Wars, only I had seen uh only i hadn't seen the uh, the finale and obviously it's going to be different because it's not as high stakes but i think it's still going to be fun and then afterwards we're going to talk about it so it's probably going to be another two episodes let's do it i can't wait it's going to be so fun honestly i know i love it i love that we're doing that yeah. it's crazy how how quick this season was right after after watching seven seasons of Clone Wars, it's it's just like wow, this is like really easy in a way. Don't worry, my friend. We have four seasons of Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, Shad. Obviously, the people who are still listening, they really like the show, and I'm sure they want to help us. And so maybe maybe they can like need some guidance. They don't really know what to do. So can you tell them? You know what? First thing you should do is. You know, you're on your phone probably listening to this podcast. If you're on a desktop listening to this, great for you. But if you're on your phone, just literally open up the app you're listening to it on and give us a five-star rating. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, please. Like, ratings are the most important thing for podcasts in their growth. So just shoot us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing badly. Like, these are important feedback for us to improve. Here they hooked. And if they want to give us feedback uh you know apart from rating us uh how would they do that yeah so if you want to contact us there's a lot of ways you can contact us you can send us an email you can see our website you can send us a tweet all this information is on our website seriallyhooked.com it's really easy to send us a a note of any kind and we just look forward to hearing it from you Rashad Oh, fuck, I was muted. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> That's fine. That's a lot of droids, and I'm very fascinated Jones. as to, like... Oh, my God, I can't believe I did it again. <laughs> I swear, like, I believe in the humanity of clones, but... I would I... see you once a month, oh. but that's fine. Now, now you're good for another few weeks. Uh, I'm going to do it in, like, 10 minutes, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so if people like what they heard, or if you liked what they heard, um, what should people do, Chris, to kind of help the podcast out? It's my turn, sorry. Oh, fuck. So you looked as my thing. Sorry, I forget. 